Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the sixth episode of Crime Over Wine, the only podcast with head-scratching true crime stories that are just better over a bottle of wine. I'm your host, Liam Collins, and this week I am shipping in a guest host all the way from Austin, Texas. She is an incredibly talented reporter, friend, and also a dog mom. My guest co-host this week is Meredith Aldis. Hello, Meredith. How are you doing? Hi, Liam. I'm doing well. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. Oh, I'm so excited that you're here. I feel like I haven't seen you in so long, even though it's been, what, like six months at this point, I think? Yeah, I think like six, seven months. So Meredith is a reporter at Fox 7 News in Austin, Texas. She's also like a really cool bodybuilder. So like go follow <laughs> on her Instagram. She's won all sorts of awards. And we met, though, when we worked together as reporters in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And Meredith, I'm going to just like put you on the spot here just a little bit. I'm just like curious what you like thought of me. Like when you first saw me, like what, like almost two years ago? <laughs> yeah. No pressure. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, no, I knew you were dang smart and a really good reporter. <gasps> and you, like, dug into stories to, like, all the way in. Once you got onto something, you were like, yeah, we're going in. And then I knew about your dogs because you talked <laughs> about them. Uh, always. <laughs> Did you have two, though, at that point? No. No, when I moved to Tennessee, I just had the one. Um, and then I got Moira. Um, I, you must have, like, just been about to leave me when I got Moira. Or you, if you weren't already gone already. Yeah, and we lived right next to each other. So yeah. that was cool. We could relate on the fact that we lived right next to each other. Yeah. And like two seconds from work. Um, so Meredith, what do you say we get into our wine of the week? <laughs> yes. Now we can drink together. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. So we are drinking Fog Banks Pinot Grigio. It's a California white. It's a medium bodied wine with floral aromas and flavors of nectarine and peaches with a crisp, clean finish. It sounds very exotic. I am really excited for this. I don't think I've ever had nectarine in a wine before, or like nectarine flavor. So I'm like really interested about this. Interesting fruit. Like, I wonder if it's going to taste fruity. I'm pouring a lot. I <laughs> Listen, you are going to need a lot for this case, Meredith. Ooh. I like, definitely promise you that. Okay, cheers to you. Cheers. To over wine. Oh, it's good. Oh, the nectarine, though, is like, I can definitely taste that. That's really interesting. Yeah. Oh, it's, um... It's, like, very, it's very subtle, though. I don't hate it at all, because it's not too, um, I don't even know what the word is, but, like, it's not tart, and it's not mm. flat. It's just kind of, like, a little hint mm. of sweetness. I don't know. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, no, the flavoring is very, very forward, for sure. I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm digging it. I'm a fan. I, I'm going to probably drink the whole bottle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like probably would have drank the whole bottle even if I was like, eh, you know, so like <laughs> just that's just how I am. When you open a, a bottle, like, are you supposed to save some? I feel like it's just like an invitation to drink the whole thing. <laughs> Look, I don't, I am not in the business of wasting wine. Yes. Um, I really think that's irresponsible. I agree. So what do you say we get into our story this week? And I do see you're sitting down and I promise you're going to want to for this story. Oh, gosh. Okay, yeah. 
I'm ready. So, Meredith, I want to tell you a story that tore at a coastal North Carolina community's heartstrings for months. It's one of those stories that will make you wonder if one thing took just a different turn. Would we be here talking about this story with tragedy at every turn? Today, I'm going to tell you the story of Mariah Woods, the heart of Onslow County. Jacksonville, North Carolina is a small city tucked right along the coast of the eastern side of the state. It's home to Camp Lejeune, the largest Marine Corps base on the east coast. It's a transient community at the intersection of several major highways along the coast and right in the middle of some of the state's most popular beaches. There are about 73,000 people who call Jacksonville a home, but they are far outnumbered by the few and the proud, the Marines. There are an estimated 137,000 Marines stationed at Camp Lejeune on any given day. In all, there are an estimated 180,000 people who live there with the entire community encompass. It's a heavily male community, as I'm sure you can imagine, with a median age of 23 years old and a median household income of $47,000. But it's an interesting spot for sure, and I can say that because I actually lived there for a year. There are bars and clubs on practically every corner, and I'm not talking like these high-end spots. There are some of of course, but by and large, I'm talking dive bars and strip clubs at every turn. So really just a place the Marines know they'll only be for a short period of time. They come, they have a little fun in their off time, and the businesses right off the base really know how to market to that crowd. Yeah, okay. Makes sense. There's a little community in San Antonio in Texas, kind of like that, that's army-based. And so you've got the same, you know, male dominated community. Okay, okay, that makes me scared, though. Yeah. So, yeah, hold on tight, (laughs) for sure. So... It's a really pretty part of the state. Sneeds Ferry, Topsail Beach, and Emerald Isle are just up the road, and so there are some people who plant roots there. The Woods family was one of those families, and I say family kind of loosely only because there's Christy Woods, three-year-old Mariah Woods, and her 10- and 5-year-old brothers, but Christy also has a live-in boyfriend named Earl Kimry, whose real name is actually Adolphus, but he goes by Earl. Earl, though, is not the father of any of these children. He just lives with the family and probably provides a load of a little bit of income. Okay, okay. So Alex Woods is the children's birth father, but he says at this point he hasn't seen any of his kids in almost a year. Christy has custody of them, but Alex is actually fighting that in court at the time. The week of November 27th, 2017, they actually have a court hearing scheduled for that Friday. Alex has a fiancé named Heather Kraft, who has kids of her own, but Alex says his children aren't safe inside of Christy and Earl's home, which is his argument for why they should come live with him. And there are some accusations of drug abuse, some reports of violence, etc., which makes me wonder what made a judge grant Christy custody over Alex. Like, if Christy is so bad, like, how bad could it possibly be for Alex for him not to get custody? Yeah, if there's all these allegations, yeah, exactly. Why did they, why did the judge let her take them? Hmm. Yeah, and it's almost, I mean, and you'll kind of see throughout the story, like, Alex really gets the, um, gets the narrative, um, in terms of, like, what's happens to his kids, um, and I couldn't find anything at any point as to, like, you know, if Alex really did go down a bad road and, you know, what his deal is. Um, it's just simply not known. I'm not saying that there is anything or there isn't anything. It's just, we don't know. But it's pretty obvious that Alex and Christy don't get along. Yeah, definitely obvious at that. Not at all, in fact. It's like custody battle type, pretty much. Like Yeah, like pretty much, I mean, and you'll see like like the worst case scenario of like ugly divorce. Hmm. Okay. And with kids involved, that's scary. Yeah, always scary. In fact, a judge issued a no contact order for the both of them. And that's because when they do talk, it tends to get pretty heated. And I mean, like, dangerously heated. There was a report from 2016 where Christy is actually accused of trying to run Heather over with her car in front of her children during a fight. Christy is charged with simple assault and communicating threats, but those charges are eventually dismissed when Heather fails to show up in court. 
court, but Heather eventually tells the Jacksonville Daily News that she didn't show up because her ankle was broken, and she was actually just late to court, but the clerks didn't relay the message that she was late. And I've covered court in this exact courthouse before. Meredith, I know you've covered court before, and I know that it works really similarly to court in Chattanooga, where these court hearings aren't the only cases the judge is hearing that day, so they just start at a specific time and go, and if you're not there when they call your name, not really their problem. Oh, yeah. And it could be like this hour or this hour and you've got to sit in the court for the entire time until your name is called. Yeah. And once they call your name, it's usually fast. So like, don't miss your name. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like don't even go to the bathroom. I can't believe running her over. Yeah, that I, yeah, I will say I gloss over that like way too fast. Like, yeah, that's a little, that's a little much for me too. Um, I don't, I really need to know the backstory behind that. Like, obviously that was like one of their most ugly fights for sure. Wow. Okay. So Alex tells the JD News that he has had some serious problems getting a judge to take their case seriously. He's been trying so hard to get the case heard, but he says he can't afford a lawyer, so no judge will see him. So on November 26, 2017, Christy Earl and their three kids returned to their trailer in Jacksonville, North Carolina, around 8.30 that night from a vacation. They put the kids to sleep, which they said was a little late for them, actually the kids usually go to sleep around 7. Around 11 that night, Earl and Christy tell police the following story. They check on Mariah to make sure she was still sleeping, and she was. And then a little later on, Mariah wakes up and goes to the living room to see Christy and Earl, who then just turn her right back around and put her right back to bed. Sometime later, they all go to sleep and call it a night. But around 5.15 in the morning, Earl and Christy wake up stretch, wipe the sleep from their eyes, and start their Monday. But as they walk around their trailer, they discover that Mariah is nowhere to be found. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In her room, Christine Earl only find Mariah's pink PJs and shoes that she needs to walk. She has a birth defect called muscular dystrophy that makes it really hard for her to get around on her own. So she really needs these shoes to get anywhere. They search around the trailer and even circle the property two or three times, but find no sign of Mariah. So around six that morning, Earl calls 911. I was okay, 911. What's the address of the emergency? Yes, ma'am. I'm at 2405 Okay, how old is she, sir? She's three years old. Okay, so let me get some information from you, okay? Yes, ma'am. All right, so when was the last time you seen her? We went to bed last night. Everyone went to bed at the same time. And what time is that, sir? Maybe 8 o'clock, 8.30. So he talks about... She asked, what time is the last time you saw him? We all went to bed at 8 o'clock, but I thought she got up in the middle of the night at like 11. So you saw her later than 8 o'clock. Yeah, so a little bit of a spoiler alert here. That's going to become like a real problem for Earl and Christy. They changed their story quite a bit in the early days of this investigation. But the story I told you before is the final story that they end up sticking with to police. So completely out of breath, Earl continues to describe to the operator what Mariah may be looking like right now. And you looked in the bedroom, under the bed, and everywhere, sir, not able to closets, under, and every, everywhere. We went to the house two or three times. Okay. Here in the yard, 
It's not like her to do this to go outside at all. Not, not, by, not in the middle of the night or in the morning by herself. Yes, and now does she have a physical, medical, or mental condition we need to be aware of? She, 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 has, muscle, she has muscular dystrophy. Uh, she, she's false. She goes down a lot of shit. But otherwise, she's, she's perfectly able. Okay. All right, so I need to get a discussion. What race is she? She's white, blonde hair, about, um, about three feet tall. Do you know how about, much she weighs? Uh, about 30 pounds. Okay, does she have any characteristics on her face, like scars or birthmarks, anything? Blue eyes. She's in her pajamas. Okay. And what kind of PJs did you put her in, sir? What color? Do you uh, remember? They, they were pink. Okay. And her name? Her name, her name is Mariah. Mariah? Woods. Last name Woods? Yes. Okay. Wait. He says pink pajamas, but didn't he find pink pajamas? Yeah. So um, you'll hear it in a second, but eventually, like, his girlfriend, like, finds them in the in the room so he like finds out that they were left behind like in oh, the, okay, okay. In, in the middle of this call so you'll hear that okay in a second sorry time. i was like what all right so and who was the last person that you've seen her with um, the, the last part me and my me and my girlfriend put her put her to bed right when we came in we came in from a trip last night and everybody went to bed at like 8 30 or 8 around that time Okay. I can't say for sure, because we usually go to bed at 7.30, but we're coming home from vacation. Okay. And do you know anywhere that she might go at all, or neighbors or anywhere? No, we, we don't. We haven't been living here long. We don't have any, any neighbors that are, are friendly. Okay. And has she been missing before, sir? No, no, ma'am. Okay. Did you see any personal items taken, like a blanket or a teddy bear that she might have? She said this is hard. She said this, yeah, no, nothing. She said, 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 she Well, I still can't get over the fact that there's a ton of stuff left. A kid doesn't just, what, take off their clothes and go running outside or... Yeah, that's what I don't really understand. Like, like why, like, what is she wearing? Like, if they think that she just took off, like, what do you, like, what do you think she's wearing if she is not in her pajamas anymore and isn't in, like, doesn't have these shoes that she needs to walk if she, if it's, like, that bad, you know, if, if her muscle, muscular... Dif- Dystrophy. Yeah, how, muscul- how would she yeah. walk? That uh, that mm. doesn't make any sense. But but are they faking the <laughs> to panic? It, well, it, I think it's weird. Like he he doesn't he acts like he doesn't know the pajamas are there. That how did he, how did he not check? Did he check the room then? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's 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 a really good point that I never really thought of. Like how you open the room and you didn't like you like you assume that she's still in the pajamas, but like you don't notice that they are taken off. Like that's. That is, like, a really weird detail, but, like, I don't know. I can almost just imagine that he's just, like, that his, he's just, like, circling, you know? I don't know. It It is really, it is really weird, and I can't really explain that. Like, I don't really know what, like, what could possibly, like, explain that away. I think I would be looking, if I was a parent, looking for every clue possible. So, under the bed, in mm-hmm. the closet, are they playing hide-and-seek type thing? Is this a funny joke? Yeah. And then I would, right. I would definitely look everywhere before i called 911 mm-hmm. yeah true yeah like you clearly didn't look like search the room that, that hard. hard before you decide to exactly. call police yeah yeah i mean i don't know i can also see though like if i was a parent like just opening the door and being like okay like it's also like it's a trailer so like how big could it be mm-hmm. you know what i mean so like if you just like open the door and see like oh my god Marez, like bed is empty like just like do like a quick search around and then just like immediately starts like circling the house like, I don't know. I guess that could make sense, but... Do you think your initial reaction, though, is to call police? I would have a whole search going, I think, before I just called police. Like, I've had a sister just, you know, walk out the door. She was mad at us. And, 
she was just down the street, you know, and we mm-hmm. found her. But it's not like immediately, oh, I'm going to call 911. My sister's gone. I don't know. I mean, I also am like a really strong believer in like, in like get police like involved as soon as possible if you really think something's wrong because like sooner the better. You know, like they say first 48 hours, which like obviously this is like way sooner than 48 hours. But true. Um, still, I don't know. I mean, especially with ch- with children, they always say like the earlier you you can, that, that you know, you can start this investigation, the better. And like most agencies i feel like will take that on right away right and especially because she's so young it makes yeah. sense right three years old and like clearly and like also to that like detail i can't get over like those shoes too like she clearly didn't just walk away like because she f- clearly physically couldn't you know so oh so you're saying she didn't you're thinking she didn't leave voluntarily you're thinking someone like took her then. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's at least like the, their parents, you know, initial instinct here. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? Cause like, how else could she have left if someone didn't physically pick her up and take her out? True. Yeah. So at this point in the call, Earl really starts fading in and out of service. And this is like a really bad service area in Onslow County. Like they never made me go live there because it was like that bad. Um, it appears Christy and Earl began to realize that Mariah left a lot of items behind and begin to panic. So you're fading out, sir. Hear me. Hello. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Now what were you saying? She said in the pajamas, she put her to bed in or laying beside her bed. Okay. So she's not yeah, in the pink pajamas. They're pink footy pajamas. I can't recall exactly what she went to bed in because I didn't dress her. Okay. And you sit down on the floor? Yes, sir, on the floor in her room. Does she have any kind of trackable device with her, sir? Like a tablet or anything that we can track GPS? No. And who has legal custody, sir? Uh, her mother, Christy Woods. Is that with a K or a C? With a K. Okay. Now, was there any letters or anything left behind? Do you think anyone missed? No, nothing. Okay. nothing. It's just a little empty room. Okay. And may I have your name, sir? My name is Adolphus Stewart. I'm sorry. You said your first name is... You're, you're fading out again, sir. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Hey. And you said your name is... This is Kimry. Kimry? Yes, K-I-M-R-E-Y. And last name? K-I-M-R-E-Y. Okay, first name? Adolphus, A-D-O-L-P-H-U-S. Okay. Now, just try to find a recent photo of her, sir. Make any list of friends or addresses, phone numbers that you feel like she may go to or anyone that she knows in the area so that she's familiar with. Okay? Okay. All right. Just try to locate her and have someone stay at home just in case she does return. If she is located, sir, give us a call back immediately, okay? Okay. We'll get her off the dispatch as soon as possible, okay? Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. So, um, first of all, like, I think I just decided just listening to that, like, I really want to be a 911 telecommunicator. Really? You have to <laughs> yeah. be so calm. Yeah, but like that's true. I couldn't do that. That's a good point immediately to talk myself out of that. <laughs> I would be like they're like, um, yeah, okay. I would be like, Oh my gosh, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I just that's heard so a gunshot. Yeah, well, that. where's it coming from? <laughs> yeah, right, literally. Yeah, I don't think I can do that. Yeah, you're right. Good point. Good oh, point. Thanks for talking me God. out of that. <laughs> Please don't. You investigate them, please. Do not. (laughs) So I think as a whole, like, I have a couple of different thoughts about this call. But first, I'm just wondering what you think of the whole thing, Meredith. Okay, now that it's over and they kind of just gave the instructions, like, find a picture, yada, yada. I'm over Mm -hmm. here, like, if, if that was my child, I'd be like, um... Can someone come out here and look? Can, mm-hmm. What are the resources that, you know, can yep. 
that I can use to find her. Like, mm-hmm. I'd be on the move, not just like, okay, I'll find a picture and I'll let you know if I find mm-hmm. her. Like, this is a three-year-old. No. Yeah, he doesn't really seem, like, super panicked, which is weird because, like, he's the one who calls 911. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which, like, so maybe I'm even just like, okay, maybe that's why he decided to call 911. Like, he was the one who called 911 instead of Christy because, like, he was the calmer one. But at the same time, it's kind of awkward because... He's like, who, she's like, who has custody in the mom? And it's like, not him. Yeah. I mean, right. So I think that that was my main question is like, why is Earl the one calling the cops here? And like, I feel like maybe I'm like splitting hairs probably, but I would think that like, if the goal of calling 911 is to give them as much information about Mariah as possible, like, wouldn't her mom be the most qualified person to do that? I would think anyways, I mean, literally known her her entire life. Right. Wouldn't you think you'd be able to leave way more details on who mm-hmm. she talks to? Uh, I guess what she's, she's like, not in what school, she looks like. But yeah. Yeah. What she yeah. likes, what she could, where she could maybe be if she, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that doesn't, I, I don't know why he would call. That seems odd. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, maybe, I mean, the only thing I can think of is that like, maybe if Christy is just like, I am too panicked to, like, even communicate anything to 911, but, like, I still, like, as a, like, if I was a mom, like, this is probably just maybe my personality, like, nothing would stop me from doing, like, absolutely everything I can, like, in my power, like, nobody else is, like, is having any any part in this whatsoever except for me to find my kid. Oh, yeah. So, that day, an Amber Alert is issued statewide, and as he tells WCTI, the ABC affiliate in New Bern, North Carolina, that is how Alex Woods finds out that his daughter is missing. He's driving to work when he gets that alert. He pulls over and calls his ex-wife, begging her to tell him it was a mistake, (gasps) but it wasn't. Mariah's disappearance captures the entire city, the entire county by storm. Hundreds of people step up to try and find her over the next few days. And Meredith, I just want to show you some of the video that the North Carolina Highway Patrol takes of active searches to show you just how extensive these searches are. I can't believe she wouldn't tell the dad that he's that she's missing. Yeah. I don't care what like how mad you are at each other that is a shared child and i feel like mm-hmm. he has the right to know and not find out like on a text amber alert or something mm-hmm. yeah imagine because like i get those all the time unfortunately right and like imagine just being like wait a minute you know like getting those and being like hold on yeah like that's not the right one you know i, I don't yeah Well, and sometimes I look at them and they're like, like one came in yesterday and it was in Midland, which is far, but they still, Mm -hmm. you know, send them all the way over here. So if I, but if I see one in where I live, I'm like, oh gosh, you know, on alert. Like, yeah, I always look at it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking now. Helicopters. Oh, whoa. It's a lot of people. And it's, like, weird. Like, I don't like I don't know. I've never been involved in these searches, obviously. But, like, it, like it's kind of, like, the arrangement is really interesting. Because they're, like, in, like, this one line, like, facing the woods. Like, almost like they're, like, like, like marching together. Like, you, you know what I mean? No, I know how they do it. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I've been working on a case here um, in Austin. Well, it's, like, Sam Marcus, Texas State student. And they do it on purpose like that. Because they'll walk together and they'll note like they traveled all together in that line with however oh. many feet. And it's easier to track that way. Oh, so you know you got this entire area as exactly. opposed to just this one line. Yep. Oh, and that's really And instead of people smart. just like one by one, you know, going and looking or whatever, right. they know for sure that they've searched that entire property. That area cleared. And if, say, like a tree pops up right in front of them, they have to yell across the line, like, tree right here and they all stop and like note that there's a tree right there to know you know they'll look up and down in the tree but just to note that they're all in the line still together i don't know wow not crazy that's that is crazy that is really crazy i wonder like how, first of all i want to know who like came up with that with that method because i'm sure it like didn't exist forever i think it's a military tactic but i could be mm. wrong 
That like that feels right. That definitely mm-hmm. feels right. But mm-hmm. I've never seen that many people in a line do that. Mm-hmm. Like this was like fifteen people. Mm-hmm. Not that's like yeah hundreds. Well, and I I think that for, for easily. Yeah, I mean I um I mean yeah, I think just that just shows you like how much this like little girl like really broke their hearts. You know, oh, like yeah. it's I mean just so sad, but. Um, when Mariah still doesn't turn up days later, more and more agencies end up getting involved, including the FBI. Wow. In all, more than 700 volunteers show up to search hundreds of acres of residential and farm areas. 225 investigators conduct more than 100 interviews to get hundreds of tips in Mariah's disappearance. Police issue public statements at this point begging anyone who spoke with the family from the day before Mariah went missing on to come forward. The local sheriff, Hans Miller, says investigators searched through more than 95,000 pounds of trash, which just makes me, like, really sad. Like, like I have a pit in my stomach just, like, reading that. Like, I mean, like, the idea of police just thinking her little teeny tiny body may have been thrown away with the rest of like spoiled food and newspaper towels. That is so sad. I can't believe that is a lot of track. Like this operation was massive. This is probably, this got to be the biggest thing in the town, right? Oh, 100%. And like, I can't even begin to explain to you like how, like, um, like, like, this is going to sound weird the way I'm saying it, but, like, unorganized the town is just in terms of, like, like the pockets of com- pockets of communities there right. are. You know what I mean? So, like, but for this... 700 people to get together through to Onslow County, like, that's how powerful this was. Wow. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. So, Mariah's parents, Christy and Alex, are begging the public for help. Christy is emotional, crying out for whoever has her daughter to bring her home. Alex is also doing separate television interviews with local TV stations with his fiance, and at times he kind of puts some doubt on the story Christy and Earl are telling police at this point. He tells ABC 11 in Raleigh that he's wondering how a young girl could have been taken from this trailer or at the very least left on her own in the middle of the night without two adults and two older boys hearing a thing. Yeah. But at the same time, devil's advocate, they're not they're They don't like each other. So, mm-hmm. you know, he may just be placing the blame on them right. because they're mad. He's mad, too, that he didn't. Easy target. Yeah. He didn't find out until he saw the Amber Alert. Mm-hmm. So, and they were in her. Oh, gosh. We get back to the custody. They were mm-hmm. in her hands at the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I can see that happening, but. Yeah. But well, so- but, like, also from, like, the perspective of, like, two adults and, like like, in the trailer, like, like listen like just full disclosure here like news you are like it's always it's always a trailer park like whatever happens it's always in a trailer park so Mm -hmm. like i've like you like i'm sure you've been in a trailer park before just like going through like door to door like trying to figure out like whatever the heck like trying to like talk to neighbors about whatever the heck happened in that particular trailer park right like those trailers are not big and not soundproof not soundproof at all. Like they're like tin cans. So it's like, yeah. how did like how did your like like I like I really want to know how 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 they like seem to think that people are just going to believe that this little girl got up in the middle of the night and like I'm sure like I've never seen like a three bedroom trailer. So it's like I don't understand. Like I'm wondering where the boys were sleeping, like where they were sleeping, like that, like the but like it still couldn't have been too far away from where they were sleeping, like feet at most, you right. know? Well, and you say she got up in the middle of the night, but she couldn't have gotten up. Right, so, so true. someone came in. Right, right, right. Which, like, it seems even more unbelievable that no one would have heard that. Yeah. Um, I should also probably mention, like, so part of Earl's story that he's starting to tell police um, is that he left at some point and left the back door unlocked. Who does that? Yeah. No one. That's who. <laughs> so yeah, that's. I'm really suspicious of that. But I mean, that's that's his like ex- him explaining away like how somebody could have gotten in without anyone noticing is like like there wasn't any forced entry because like he, they just opened the door and like walked in. Okay. Also, though, I don't know what trailer you've been or haven't been in, mm-hmm. but 
every trailer has a squeaky door. And I don't mm-hmm. know about you, but I'm like... Oh, and squeaky floorboards, yes. like squeaky everything. Like everything makes noise. It's not really level. And I'm like the lightest sleeper because if a dog has to go out, you got to mm-hmm. wake up in the middle of the night. Oh, so 100%. I'm hearing anything and everything. So you're telling yeah. me they don't hear anything? Well, and every single mom I've ever met has been a light sleeper also. Yeah. Especially with a three-year-old. Getting sketchy. Yeah. So this is the point in the story that things really start taking a turn and eyes start looking elsewhere. And it's because parts of Earl and Christie's story are just not making a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So, Meredith, how is this story making you enjoy this one? Uh, it's making me drink more. <laughs> 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 yes, I feel that. Yeah, I am like a quarter way through right now. And it's like starting to it's starting to like, like go down like, it's like, I don't know, I, f- I feel like I've said this before, but it like tastes I feel like like as you like, as it like you drink it more, like I feel like the taste like changes a little bit, maybe because you like get used to it a little mm-hmm. bit more. But I feel like it's becoming a lot more mellow. Yeah, I really like it. Wait, are you quarter way through like your first glass? No, no, no. Bottle. Oh, I was about to say. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. No, crime over wine. I definitely, no, I definitely. Okay. About, no, about, yeah, about it's that. good. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had like the, how my, my mom can like literally taste a bottle and be like, this has this and this and I know where it's from, but I don't have that treat. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just know <laughs> if I like it or not. And I do, I do like it. Yeah, I I agree with that. And I also like I've I've been like really trying to challenge myself since starting this podcast to like actually appreciate the wine as opposed to just like drink it and be like, yeah, like this is good and like try to like learn more about it because I feel like I like owe it to myself to do that. You know, so which is fine. Um, and I feel like I actually, I feel like I have been like doing a little bit better about that. Um, so like just disclaimer to like everyone who's listening, like not a wine expert in case you like did not pick this up <laughs> for the last five episodes. Like I just like it. So. We all like it. This is how we get through right. all of the crime right, stuff. Literally. Wait, how did you pick the fog bank? Oh, so, um, like really skillfully, um, I looked at the label, um, and said, that looks cool. <laughs> so. You know, in Texas, I had to search all over for this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. No, but I found it, and it's great. Now I'm just going to – I also got other goodies. Well, I told you I was going to Specs. You have no idea what that is, but it's a huge liquor store here. And I also got other goodies like stuffed olives and stuff. So it it gave me a really good excuse to go there and get other stuff. So Mm. appreciate it. Thank you. It sounds like that's the kind of liquor store I need. Oh. Also, like I don't – but because is that is it like a is it like a good liquor store? Oh no? yeah, it's the best, and you can have like oh, a okay. ca- a card where you get ten percent off, and huh. oh, oh yeah, they've got cheeses, uh, stuffed you know olives and stuff like that. They've got salamis and wine mm. and liquor, and yeah. Okay, so let's get let's get back <laughs> to where we were with Alex and Christy. What do you think? Um, yeah, I'm curious what happens next and if the story changes anymore, because it seems like a little fishy. Yeah, well, it's about to get fishier for sure. Um, police start questioning the family and frankly, that isn't too uncommon investigations into missing mm-hmm. children. They usually suspect people closest to them at first, but this starts to look a little bit different because police begin getting suspicious of the story the couple is telling police officers. And if you remember, Meredith, it's at this point point, they start telling officers that they put Mariah to bed around 11.30, but Earl told 911 operators that the last time they saw her was around 8.30 the night before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that alone is enough to raise an eyebrow or two, more than likely. And at this point, police tell the media that they are operating off of the theories that either something happened to Mariah inside of the trailer or someone she knew took her. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like those are our theories at this point. Yeah, I think only logical explanations. Um, If Earl and Christie's suspicious story changes weren't enough for police to look at them more closely, something that happens just two days after Mariah's disappearance certainly is. Police are called to a bar in Sneeds Ferry, which is not too far from Earl and Christie's trailer in Jacksonville. There, police take a report that Earl and a completely different woman from Christie were verbally assaulting another man. Police take a report for communicating threats, neighborhood disputes, and a suspicious incident that doesn't have any elaboration. 
maybe he thing or no, she thinks that he did it and like gets mad at her. I don't know. Or mad at him. I think at this point it's really important to like understand like how much saturation Mariah's story is getting in the mm-hmm. media. Like uh, like not only are like so also it should be noted too, like I know you under obviously understand markets and all that stuff. Um the T V markets, like so each individual market has its a certain number of counties it it um it covers, and then there's also some of these counties that are in between markets that um, you know, kinda get in like uh coverage from both of those um you know major cities um Onslow County is one of those counties it gets coverage both from the Greenville Newburn market but it's also the um part of the Wilmington market too so there are those five stations you know covering the story but it also gets really statewide attention so there are a lot of TV stations from Raleigh coming down and covering the story Charlotte coming down and covering this story every day um you know even as far you know West as like Asheville, you know, these stations are really hammering this home. So um, just two days in, you know, everyone knows, everyone in Onslow County knows Mariah Wood's name, her face, what she was wearing, what she looks like, where she went missing, everything. And I'm sure they know who her parents are as well. So, um, you know, this interaction, like the only, I mean, we don't know much about it, but I mean, just if I'm inferring here, I mean, my guess is, you know, someone probably con- confronted Earl about his story and said, what the heck happened to Mariah? And he probably got really angry about it. That's what I'm thinking. But I do think it's interesting mm-hmm. that I guess a woman took his side in the fact that mm-hmm. they were like both on to, you know, verbally assaulting this other man. Yeah, I'm like really wondering who this woman is. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. He doesn't seem like the most stand up person. Um, so, I mean, I'm like, I mean, I would have put it past him to just like have some chick on the side. You don't side, think he's such a catch, Liam? No, I don't. <laughs> um, and I, and I know you saw his picture, um, and that does not seem like the man for anyone. So, <laughs> so there is even more evidence against Earl and Christie that maybe their house wasn't exactly a home. Neighbors tell police that there are constant domestic problems in their trailer and that Earl is an abuser of alcohol, weed, heroin, and meth. The Jacksonville Daily News reports that there were several domestic abuse and disorderly conduct calls to the trailer. In 2011, Earl is cited for being intoxicated and disruptive and for resisting, delaying, and obstructing a police officer. In 2016, there is a call about assault against a minor, where that minor suffered minor injuries. And if that wasn't enough for police, neighbors tell officers that the night before Mariah's disappearance, they saw Earl walking to the car around 11.30 at night with an object they described as being (gasps) just bigger than a book bag. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's not good. Yeah, so police raid the Woods trailer at this point, and the FBI makes a list of items that they seized. As reported by the News and Observer, investigators take a pink jacket, zip ties, children's (sighs) clothing, carpet sections, and swabs from the seats of their family van. I also saw some reporting that investigators also took a section of the wall from the trailer for analysis. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So around the same time, the investigation really heats up. And as hundreds of people continue searching for Mariah, they get the news that the people they've been praying for may not be as innocent as they wanted to believe. On December 2nd, 2017, just five days after Mariah is reported missing, Earl Kimry is arrested and charged with obstruction of justice, second-degree burglary, felony larceny after breaking and entering, possession of stolen property, and concealment of an unintended death. Whoa. Okay, that came out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah, those charges are like a hodgepodge of like everything but murder. Second-degree burglary? Why? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to get to that in a second. I have so many questions about that, too. So many questions. Because I thought that was their home. Wait, I'm confused. Okay, keep going. Okay. So, they don't find Mariah at this point, but there is no mistaking Earl's charges. Police clearly have enough evidence to believe that Mariah is dead (gasps) and Earl had something to do with it. 
His warrant says he removed Mariah's body from the scene knowing that she had died from unnatural causes and acted with deceit and intent to defraud law enforcement. He is held on a $1 million bond, and I can only imagine that that's probably some kind of maybe like a genius police strategy maybe putting him in jail certainly allows them to put the pressure on him to tell them where to find mariah assuming that they are right at this point and earl does in fact know where mariah is okay wait so the affidavit says that the no no the warrant how did they know? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, that's that's really it's interesting. I mean, that concealment of an unattended death, I mean, that's I mean, that is what it is. You know what I mean? I mean, it's that's that's quite a charge for okay, sure. Okay, and then we've got theft charges? What? Yeah, so at this point it kind of confuses me because his warrants also say that he stole two dressers the night Mariah went missing from a house just like a street away. But anything I read on this kind of just like mentions it in passing and like offers zero elaboration. It's just like he's accused of stealing two dressers. Okay, next line. Like I never saw anything about what he did with the dressers or anything or like if they were found or like I have no idea. Like I like nobody seems to no, or like want to elaborate on that. Who steals dressers and why? Yeah. <laughs> That's a great question, Meredith. I have no idea. That's it's such a weird thing. And it's but it's also like it's like again, like this is kind of where I go back to like the genius police strategy. Like they clearly like anybody else would be like still dressers and be like, okay, like that's weird, but like we're not gonna like investigate it. But like like if homeboy is under investigation for murder, like that's a really like easy way to be like, yeah, you're going to jail for burglary. Oh yeah. Oh, they're racking it up. Anything and everything, they're like, Yeah, we're taking you in and you're gonna until you say something. So once again, Alex Woods gets devastating news about his daughter in one of the worst ways possible. He finds out his daughter is most likely dead from that warrant. But the shock and confusion is short-lived because that day, Earl tells police where they're able to find Mariah Woods' body. Six days after Mariah is reported missing, her body is found near a bridge in Shelter Creek in neighboring Pender County, 22.4 miles from the Woods Trailer. (gasps) Her autopsy report says she is 28 pounds and about three feet tall. The medical examiner mentions that she has an abrasion on her left eyelid, nose, beneath her chin, and above her lip. Police say that those injuries most likely came from her body being brought to the location where she's found. Her autopsy report also says that she died with an early acute pneumonia and there is no sign of any kind of sexual abuse on her body. She was found in a plaid zippered couch cushion (gasps) cover and wrapped in three white plastic trash bags, which were also tied around her neck. In the cushion is what looks like a piece of cement curbing. Her toxicology report finds a significant amount of chloroform in her lungs, and the medical examiner rules she most likely died of chloroform toxicity. Okay, to me, she's ad- ad- he just admitted. Like, he knows where she was at. I mean, I guess she could have, someone else could have killed her, she could have died, and then she he moved the body, but that, no way. Yeah, I mean, that also, I mean, just from what I know about those kind of interrogations, like, a lot of times they'll say, like, you know, like, off the record kind of thing, like, they, like, it won't be admissible in court, Um, it's just kind of, like, a way for them to, like, get additional evidence, you know what I mean? Like, they won't, like, like, they won't use, like, whatever they're able to, like, put the pressure on. You, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that's just, that's just kind of what I've been able to gather from those kinds of things. Cause like they, like whenever that kind of thing happens, like they never like use that in a court of law. Right. You know, right, right. but they found her. So I mean, yeah, I'm, which I mean, gives them so much more opportunity tied around her neck. Like, mm-hmm. hello, someone killed her. Yeah. Someone killed yeah. her. Well, and with a piece of cement, like nobody tended to find her. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, So the night that Mariah's body was found, Sheriff Hans Miller releases a statement to the public. And Meredith, I want you to read it for us. Oh, gosh. Okay. The death of a child is always a sobering reminder of how fragile life is. When the community is so deeply affected by such a horrific crime, it is sometimes difficult to not allow our emotions to influence the decisions that we make. However... The best way to honor Mariah is to ensure a fair and thorough investigation, which will lead to a successful prosecution. 
We must remember that through these moments, together as a community, we can ensure that justice will be delivered for Mariah. We sincerely thank the community for their patience and support through this entire investigation. Oh my gosh. And I feel like he's talking to those, what, 700 volunteers who helped try to find her. Like, they're still... To the entire county, basically, right. who, you know, dedicate their lives to this girl for, I mean, what, like a week? And like, oh, we're going to provide justice for her. And even though, oh gosh, it's sad though. It's really sad. So after the results of the autopsy are released, Kimry is formally charged with Mariah Wood's murder, as well as felony child abuse inflicting serious bodily injury. And the district attorney says he is seeking the death penalty. Christie's involvement in Mariah's death, though, is still unknown, and she's never been charged, although she is apparently cooperating with police at this point. It should also be noted that the day Mariah was reported missing, her two older brothers were placed in the care of Alex Wood's parents. And this is a very important detail, because as Earl Kimry's court case plays out, the public learns the devastating details of what life was like inside the Woods household. Oh, Okay. As the community learns about Mariah's death, they mourn her death just as much as the people who knew her. The community holds prayer vigils and public services. Alex Woods talks to the Jacksonville Daily News just a few days later about his daughter and tells a reporter that she loved to dance, especially in the car. He remembers a touching moment when she fell asleep in the car with cheese dust all over her and then woke up to a song she liked and started wiggling in her seat. He tells the reporter that she loved pink unicorns, and Alex's fiance Heather, remembers when Mariah first saw a unicorn that one of Heather's own kids had, and Mariah grabbed it from her and was obsessed with them ever since. But mixed in with these happy memories was a dark cloud setting in over what happened in the Woods' home behind closed doors. Court records showed multiple different reports taken by Child Protective Services of physical and sexual abuse. In one instance, Earl is accused of hitting Christie's kids with a belt, one time hitting one of her sons in the face so hard he got a nosebleed. Other reports included sexual abuse of Mariah in front of her brothers. The reports say that Christie knew of the abuse and did nothing to stop it, failing to protect her kids from the constant abuse. Both Earl and Christy are accused of having a history of exposing the kids to adult situations and conversations. And this part just kills me, especially knowing what we know in hindsight, I guess. It just seems like the adults in these kids' lives failed them and traumatized them so much. I'm not sure how much police knew at this point, but it was pretty obvious that the people who took over knew that Christy and Alex were not fit to be legal guardians based on the fact that they put their two remaining boys with grandparents and not with them. And it just upsets me because it's if just one of the adults in the room had stepped up and demanded more for these kids, we might not be talking about Mariah because she might still be alive. Oh, I feel like this whole thing is sad. You have, oh my gosh, you have a, a mom that seems to me is just staying with this guy. I don't know why. Who's like mm-hmm. hurting her kids. Okay. So there we go. Domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Or that's what it seems to me, which is so sad. And then you see him hurting kids. And, and mm-hmm. how is that? Because obviously I think these, these uh, like CPS workers or whatever know about him and know about mm-hmm. this. How did they decide that was okay for these kids? How is that worse mm-hmm. than the uh, than the real dad? And like you decided the mom was going to take the whole thing. I'm right there with you, Meredith. And you know, again, it just kind of makes me think about like what like what was going on with Alex that like made them think that this was okay, I guess. But it also kind of at the same time makes me sad because like, like Alex was telling, um, I think the Jacksonville daily news that like a judge wouldn't hear him. Like a judge wouldn't take his case because Mm -hmm. he couldn't afford a lawyer to, you know, to be heard, you know, to like, to make his case for him. And you know, that, 
I mean, I think he should have tried harder. Like, can't you have a a court appointed or no? Or do you have to in that case? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think in family court. I think you can do that. Yeah. Gosh, it's your children, and like maybe they, she wouldn't have died if you tried harder. I know that's like so in hindsight, but gosh, it's so bad. Okay, so we talked about Alex. We talked about the mom. What the heck happened to Earl? Yeah, so Earl's trial was delayed multiple times because of complications in the court system during the COVID-19 pandemic. But just this past December, as Mariah would have been turning eight years old, Earl shocks the community when he announces that he is accepting a plea deal. (gasps) He pleads guilty to all charges and is sentenced to life in prison without parole, avoiding the death penalty. He admitted he pleads guilty to all of that. He killed the little girl. So that, that, because he pled guilty to all of that, that includes the, like, Does that include the whole, like, why she had that in her system and stuff? Yeah, so we're about to get to, like, why he made it. Um, Do I want to know? No. I don't think you do, um, but you're going to find out anyway, so please brace your Let me Let me take, like, two more sips of this wine. Yeah, you're definitely going to need it. Um, so Earl told a judge that drugs had been dominating his life at that time. He was spending 60 to to $100 <gasps> per day on drugs. He lives in a trailer! Yeah. Oh my God. okay. Right. Right. He says he didn't mean to kill Mariah. He was trying to get high when Mariah kept waking up and disturbing him. So he took a combination of bleach and nail polish remover to make chloroform and put it over her mouth to put her to sleep for the night. When he realized what he had done, he said he panicked and got rid of her tiny body. Oh my god. How did he even know how to make that? Who thinks of that? Yeah, definitely not me. Um, if you told me how to make chloroform, I'd probably been like, oh, like, I don't know, like, buy it at the store. Like, I, I don't know. You, like, you never would have, like, I have no idea what chloroform is, nor do I want to. Oh, my God. That's so sad. And he got rid of her body. So, wait, but was she... Was she dead? Uh, I have to. I mean, just for my own sanity, I have to imagine that they're just, like, knocked her out cold and... Like that was it for her. Like, ju- otherwise, I'm otherwise I will never be able to like leave my house ever again. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. So he's charged, obviously. Then what about the mom? So she was never charged. In fact, she delivered a pretty powerful statement to Earl in court, saying, "Quote." I stand before you, a broken, destroyed person. My family and I will never be the same. Something will always be missing, and that is my baby girl. We have been tortured, harassed, and beaten. We have not been able to grieve. My sons have been tortured, taken away, and to this day still can't understand why she was the one taken away from us. All of those milestones that we should be experiencing with her will never experience. She will be honored forever and remembered. I want to know why, but I know we will never know. She was the light of everybody's life. She had a smile that would brighten up your day. I had her name picked out even before I had a little girl. She was like my best friend, end quote. Oh my gosh. Okay, I have two main thoughts. One, I go back to domestic violence. It seems like she was like stuck because she said she was tortured, harassed, beaten, all of that. Yeah. But then also I'm like, how did you not know? How did you not? Yeah. You were there. So so I, I have those two thoughts too, Meredith and I, but then I also, so, and I, I didn't put this in the episode because I couldn't really substantiate it with any, um, with any like source material, mm-hmm. but I did read somewhere that she was like a stay at home mom basically. And he was the breadwinner. Um, and you know, I just know from a lot of domestic violence situations how it goes. Um, that that's how it goes. Yeah. I mean that, that's that he, that, I mean, you're, you're trapped because you have no other choice, but to rely on this person and, you know so you just i mean for lack of better words take it and it makes me so mad thinking about his reason that he just it's all because he just like really wanted to get high oh it makes me so mad oh god 
a little innocent girl. Like, I think of three-year-olds, they can barely say full, or they can say full sentences, but like, barely, they're still learning. And this little girl. Little girl, but also like a disabled (gasps) little girl. That's so much more forceful in that. Yeah. Because they can't, they can't walk. They can't fight back. No, they can't fight back. You're literally hurting someone that can't even fight back. That's so, so sad. Well, Meredith, um, this is like such a sad episode um and i don't really know how to make this transition but i'm just gonna make it thank you so (laughs) much for coming on this week and i'm so glad that we got to talk about this um you know and really dive dive deep into this like really tragic awful story i know it's terrible but is it sad that i still had fun with you drinking (laughs) wine and talking about crime that we love this is the stuff we thrive on we love this stuff yeah for sure yeah i mean i think we can still i think we can still allow ourselves to have fun otherwise like if we like you know it's like if we don't laugh we cry yes we can't do that so tell everyone where they can find your work online me online okay (laughs) fox7austin.com well there you go well thank you so much meredith for coming on it was so great talking to you thank you and thank you all so much for listening we are going to put all of our sources on our website so you can read everything for yourself and probably come up with a few theories for yourself too make sure you follow us on twitter facebook and instagram and we will see you next week for another episode of crime over wine Proud member of the Podnougan Network.